from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. That would be us. Coming to you semi-live from the deep, dank, dark, moist sub-basement. Oh my god, you're so whiny. <laughs> Welcome everybody. This will be episode 143. 143. 143. And we have a very special guest tonight. Coming all the way from Massachusetts via Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, Brother Brian McHale who is the copy editor? Copy editor. Copy editor of Completely the, made up title, by the way. Of the Trowel Magazine, which is a Masonic magazine. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And I think he's actually going to interview us as well. What? So yeah, so the show's probably going to be better than normal because he actually has some prepared questions. Nobody and told what me are that. Those? Wait, you know, what? we've not been interviewed since the uh, person from uh, the villages came over. Megan. There. Megan yeah. came over, yeah. yeah. She's fantastic. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our patrons, by our patrons on Patreon. Dun, dun. Ding. And for as little as $1 a month, $1, you can keep fine content like this on the air <laughs> and help us. Help us help with you. Our, help help us. Yes, exactly. Well, the content is so fine. I thought it worth a two and a half hour drive just so I could do this in person. Very so don't, uh, do, not, do not slight yourselves, gentlemen, please. <laughs> yes. We do reimburse six cents a mile. We're using 1947 prices. <laughs> uh, so, Brian, <clears throat> Brian, what we usually do is we go around the room and we catch up with what normally we go around the room in a logical order. But I'm going to save Tim, Larry, and myself for last because we did something pretty cool without the other guys. So, Brother Josh Lamberton Killer, what have you been up to? <laughs> Well, apparently not anything cool if I'm getting left out. <laughs> you weren't left out. You were invited. You were no, duly invited. I'm good. Uh, nothing. You you produced the last episode. Yeah. I, I worked on the podcast. You have contributed to Freemasonry. You removed uh, 45 minutes of dead air, inappropriate <laughs> jokes, and comments. So that was really excellent. Right. Brother Jack Harley, what have you been up to? Uh, I have to go backwards in time because I, I can't remember far enough back to come forward. So yesterday, well, Monday, uh, I, I restarted the mentoring business at Lodge. Um, but instead of doing it here, I just opened up my house and I said, hey, anybody wants to come out for, you know, have a cigar or a beverage or whatever and, and talk Mason stuff. And um, a bunch of guys came out. Um, our friend uh, Mo O'Donovan um, from the Water Spirit Shiners came out. He does the same thing for his lodge that I do for Ephrata, and that's work with the candidates and teach the ritual and and that stuff. And uh, so he just wanted to kind of pick my brain, and it happened that four other guys who were, you know, just right freshly minted masons 
uh, were there to give him feedback on it. So that was very cool. Um, beyond that, I'm trying to think. Um, we talked about operatives. Um, yeah, it's been. Um, did you pay your dues? I paid my dues. Yes, I did. I paid them on Saturday. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> that's that that that's. That's what you could do when you're in a small body. The, the secretary sends out a notice that says, here's a list of everyone who has paid their dues. <laughs> and next month he sends the one of those who haven't oh, paid their dues. Not <laughs> one that's – you just, forget the email yeah. right before oh. where he said, brothers, we're all adults. <laughs> Pay your damn dues. Like the year started in January uh, or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so um, – Beyond that, there was a lot of family stuff, personal stuff. Um, yeah, just uh, just doing the thing. Brother Brian, have you been up to anything Masonically recently? How would I, how would I do that? I just got here the end of June. I, re the I retired as a teacher from Boston Public Schools. We we uh, we moved here, but everything actually. I went to National Night Out, and I met fifteen or twenty. Fantastic Brothers from Scranton. Um, I bought raffle tickets for Union Lodge. They're raffle. Gotta love Pennsylvania. You asked me in the email. Guns. Guns. Yeah. And meat. Guns, guns and meat. Guns and taxidermy for things yeah. you shoot with the guns. Yeah. And and learning how to shoot the guns is part one of the other prizes. And but that so polar opposite from Massachusetts. But one of my favorite differences, and at this I don't know the Masonic tie-in. In Massachusetts, no happy hour. Not since 1983. It was killed by the governor. Pennsylvania sells booze in supermarkets and has places to consume it in the supermarket. ShopRite has a name for their bar. They have six taps, growlers, and pints available that just makes shopping that much better but <laughs> some wagons are that way yeah. i think home depot should have a bar um but but masonically i've just met some really terrific guys i've already met the uh the valley of scranton secretary there's a good chance i might be secretary of a lodge i join um <laughs> that didn't take long no. they, they hear the word retired and they That's just right. they lick their lips. well but they also i said okay <laughs> because because I've done it before. And you're and, under and, 80. Yeah. And uh, they, um, so the last thing I taught was instructional technology. So the computer stuff is fine. I'm also a licensed English teacher. And so you put the two together and, you know, things will be spelled correctly. Do you get issued a uh, bulletproof vest in Boston Public Schools? No. Should you? Perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. Is just stories about work because there are there are a bunch of them. My wife is really glad that I'm done, and she's really glad that we're here. And it's just been everything's just been going up. And okay, martini juice. I love martinis. I like dirty martinis. I found better martini juice in Scranton. Half the sodium. No, fifty percent less. No, Two thirds the sodium. Half the cost. So Roland Martini Juice, no, they're not sponsoring me. But amazing, fantastic, game changer. Tim, make a note, new sponsor. Yep. Have, you, have you noticed, does, does your lodge in Scranton have Limburger cheese, onions, and... and, and um, I don't know. Okay, I know I you haven't, haven't visited. Oh, he I just got here. I, 
I notice when it, you go further north, the lodge snacks change, yeah. and they start giving you Limburger and kielbasa mm-hmm. and onions as you get up towards Scranton. And it's instead of hers and Kunzler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no. But masonically, it's been awesome. Every every mas- I'm here. So masonically, it's been awesome. I mean, I reached out to friends saying, "Hey, I want to read some stuff this summer. I'm not working anymore." One of my friends, my friend Hank, said, "Hey, check out the Masonic Light podcast." Fine, I'll, I'm, I'm in. Thank you, Hank. I listen on one of my morning walks, and that's when I emailed you guys. And true to Pennsylvania Masonry, I got a response, a really quick response from you. And I was so moved, and this is the, I'm going to say really nice things for a couple of seconds, so just uh, let me, let me, sit me, back let and me, bask. Are you basking? Okay. No joke, it was like listening to friends I hadn't met yet, which I know is like a tenet of masonry. It's one of the ones in the parentheses. But I couldn't wait to contact you and say, look, I got to write about you guys. I need to put a story in the trial magazine because more people need to know about it. More people need to listen to it because it's – it was so – I only wish that there was this podcast in every region of masonry, including Boston – and it was just. Well, we uh, like being the only one like this. But. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying it could be duplicated. But there's different kinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But this one I enjoy listening to, and <laughs> and, <I love> it. <laughs> and and when when the offer was made for me to to be on the podcast, I spoke to my wife and I said, "Hey, how about a little mini vacation? We'll pop down to wherever this place is <laughs> and stay over." Ifarda, Ifarda. <laughs> well, it's 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 two and a half hours from Scranton. So yeah. again, go to Jersey and make a right. <laughs> And then another right, but yeah. um, but it's that that this part masonically is, is amazing. So that, there you go. That, I mean, that was like Larry and I. Our goal in the beginning was we we own the fact that we're not the sharpest knives in the drawer on every topic, and we can't come across like we're lecturing people on things. So we just wanted to have. That's why they keep me around. <laughs> we just wanted to have a, a conversation like you're sitting next to a friend at a bar. And it's okay if you don't know something. And I think most Masons out there are, are shy that when they don't know something and they're scared to ask. And we're pretty much telling people, most of us don't have a friggin' clue, but it's okay to keep looking and ask somebody when yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, everybody's looking for the, ma- for the magic bullet. I pay attention. I take notes. So that was wow. two episodes ago. And to your point... Who, maybe somebody will find it, but you guys aren't afraid to look, and you're not afraid to ask questions. And I, like I said, you've made the morning walk better because it was something to look forward to after that first one. And it just, it, I've, I've, I've laughed a couple of times because, well, because you enjoy, you clearly enjoy each other's imagine, company. Imagine that. Well, not on the and, shows where I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a really was... good thing. <laughs> So, Larry, have you been up to anything? Uh, no. Goose and Gridiron. Yeah, Goose and Gridiron. And then you, Tim, and I. I'll, well, I'll let Tim speak on it mostly. Oh, he or- yeah. Because Tim organized the whole D-Malay event. So I'll, okay. you, you'll let you speak on it. So yeah. the three of us were uh, invited to be part of the Keyman Conference a couple weeks ago. Uh, that is part of the D-Malay. It's their state – actually, it's a regional-wide conference. Yeah. Um, and 
If you want to know more, we have a special episode that we recorded that night, and that will be coming out soon. Uh, we're not sure exactly when, but anyway, there were 60, 65 or something. 60 or 65 Demolay folks, which is between the ages of 12, 12 and 21. And 21. And Pennsylvania, Ohio, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia and parts there on two parts. Of, yeah. Parts there and two belonging. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but anyway, um, we did a live show. Uh, we recorded it live, and, and, and we had an audience. It was the first time we had done that. Um, so when you see that episode drop, make sure you listen to it. But it was fascinating. Um, we were able to talk to Matt Blaisdell and Joe Pullen, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of organized the thing, if you will. Um, and then we spent some time talking with the head of Pennsylvania, the, head of the state head. master counselor from Pennsylvania, the junior the one, master counselor from Ohio, from Ohio, uh, and a couple of others. And the, so the, the funniest one was like the twelve-year-old kid that's been in Delamalee for two weeks. He's been in for two weeks. He was fantastic. It was awesome. And you know, afterwards, you know, we're we're standing around talking. This kid comes up and he's like, "I want to do a podcast for Delamalee," and. So he starts sharing that with with Larry and then with Pete and myself. And the next day we get email from the state DMLA saying, "Yeah, we've got this. You all put this kid on fire. <laughs> you know, he's already developed a budget and he's got a plan in place." All right, and being being the cynic, the group cynic, I'm looking at me at at 53, the youngest guy on the stage, <laughs> and it's a room of teens. I'm like, oh my god, they're going to be so freaking bored uh-huh. of us, but. And I mean this in the most polite way. I kind of forgot that in general, DMLA kids are kind of nerdy, uh-huh. but n- in a good way. In a good way. Right. I, I mean, I was a Dungeons and Dragons playing nerd in my basement when I was a kid, okay? And, like, that's what these kids were doing all weekend. It's mm-hmm. like, if I kind of knew that, I might have shown up the night before and played Dungeons and Dragons with a guy. But they really, really... We're into it. And I was like thinking, oh, they're going to be playing on their cell phones. They're going to be rolling their eyes. They loved it. We got applause. They were into it. They were firing questions how cool, at us. How cool is that room? That, that is really, that's my favorite that's training. That's the first time yeah. you've been in Patton Campus. That's my uh, favorite training in Elizabeth room Town. in the entire summer. Also, also mentioned that we had about 20-some adults right. that actually sat in on right. it as well. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a magnificent facility. It, it kind of feels like the U.N., when you're in there, because you've got you know rows, tiers of chairs, each with a table, yeah. Uh, so you can write, take notes, whatever. Uh, but it's got this, it's got this Olympian sort of feel to the whole. And it's thing. not it's, overly huge, like a Scottish Rite building where yeah, it gets lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's big, but it's intimate. Yeah, but yeah. And, and there's a stage that they, they do stuff on, but mostly it's presentations and you put about 200 people kind of in stuff. there if it's packed. Very cool building. Yeah. Anybody in the area, if you're in Elizabethtown. It's the um, it's the home of the Pennsylvania Masonic Youth Foundation. And if any of your it's called Patton at, Campus. At Patton Campus. And if any of your kids are in Demolay and you see something about Keyman next year, sign, sign up. up. Yep. It's Do basically it. it's like so fun. I went twice. It's a week of summer camp. Yes, and uh, they have an indoor pool. They put the flag up every day. They put the flag down every day. They stand at attention. They blow taps at the end of the day. Um, I mean, the kids have a blast. Their only complaint. And I kept harping on it, is uh, they hate their pillows. They do hate the pillows. So if somebody wants to donate pillows to Patton Campus. Ah, do we know anybody in the bedding industry? I am retired from that game. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, look for that episode to drop. We we cast it as a special episode, so likely in the next few weeks it'll drop as a special episode of Masonic Light Podcast. And to tease just a little bit a future guest, we're going to have that kid and his father and his brother, all of whom have Masonic affiliations, come on the show. And we're going to talk about his interest and let him kind of see us do this. Cool. And it's, uh, we'll probably do that sometime in September or maybe early October. Tim, anything else you had going on? We'll stick with you. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's been an incredibly busy summer. You know, a lot of people think that Freemasonry goes away in the summer. But uh, the Friday after the Keyman Conference, I was uh, honored to uh, take the Grand Smoke, Ed Stum, out to Pittsburgh to a group that meets the first week of every month out there for a cigar lodge. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, anytime you get to spend um, four hours with Ed Stum in a car is fun. You get to hear a lot of stories, and you get to hear uh, get to have some great conversation. Uh, let's see what else. Just this past week, uh, for the last few weeks, we've been involved with the Valley of Harrisburg. Tom LeBall has written what's being affectionately known as the Truman Degree. Uh, the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction is looking to replace a couple of degrees, and so he's written a degree that they're proposing at this point. Um, and it's an interaction. Do we get bombed in between, this No, no, we don't. It's between Harry Truman, who For was For you president. young guys, he's the one that dropped the bomb on. Yeah, this takes place Sorry. after that. Okay. Uh, it's actually during the Korean conflict, and it, it, and it talks about you had Harry Truman and Douglas MacArthur, both of whom were 33rd degree Masons. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if if you know history, you know they didn't get along real well, and so there's a lot of supposing that goes on. But it talks about how Freemasons can and should uh, be able to find a way um, to disagree, but still remain Masonic brethren. Well, they did find a way to disagree. He got fired. Well, yeah, <laughs> and especially true when one of them's your boss, right? So. <laughs> But anyway, that that was something that we did down at the Valley of Harrisburg, and it was a lot of fun. We had about 40 guys involved in that. Um, And that's been it since we recorded last. Um, You go, and then I'm going to catch back up because I've remembered a thing. Yeah, not not really much Masonically. I've been, um, you know, I I got done my classroom training of learning uh, at 911. I did it 25 years ago, but it was all on paper. And uh, the guy that answered the phone also talked on the radio. So uh, now apparently we have these things called computers, and I have to – there's six computer screens, three keyboards, and three Mises in front of me. <laughs> Mises. And uh, I'm, I'm getting it. My old brain is getting it. So uh, How many people have you killed? Today, two. Oh, okay. <laughs> not my fault. No, I haven't killed anyone. Um, but, uh, no, it's a really enjoyable job, and uh, – you know, I had a stressful call today, and the supervisor came over. Are you okay? Offered me like counseling or something like that. And I'm like, I might need counseling because this stuff doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's when other people have bad things in their lives, it just makes me more thankful for my drama free life. <laughs> so. You know, I, I just kind of keep a clear head and just plow forward and... Drama-free. <laughs> I'm yeah, drama-free. Yeah. Never Drama-free between cancer treatments. <laughs> right. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when you have real problems, 
you don't fight about <clears throat> petty stuff. Right. True. So that's right. it. Um, Jack, circling back to you. So um, two things that I did related. Um, the I, I finally turned in my petition uh, to join uh, Zembo Shrine. Um, what? Larry's making. Just ignore he's that. Gi- Larry's giving me ignore the finger. Larry. He's got to go to the bathroom. Ignore his Chuck Bednarik yeah. broken yeah. finger. But um, <laughs> but anyway, um, and um, uh, thanks to to Mo and to um, Mike Smith for uh, for helping me with that decision. Um, so I just wanted to um, talk about just for a second the Water Spirit Shiners. It's a, a it's not a unit of the shrine. It's a club. Um, but they really do have a lot of fun. It's a, it's, it's a dinner club that meets around South Central Pennsylvania. And places that um, specialize in alcohol. You don't have to drink it. Not nece- I mean, not even necessarily, but yes. But a, a winery, usually, a microbrewery. But at, an, at any decent restaurant, there's an alcoholic component, you know, a, a, an alcohol component. <laughs> um, and uh, and th- that is the, that is the um, one of the topics. But, um, but they are a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to It's one of the first things that my wife has demonstrated an interest in joining me for. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, if there's something that can make the lady ha- ladies happy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to interview and be interviewed by our guest, Brother Brian McHale of the Trowel Magazine. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, are simply increasing the value of your home. The George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. And we're back with uh, Brother Brian McHale, um, newly minted Pennsylvanian, um, but he's the copy editor, uh, copy editor of the Trowel Magazine. Welcome, Brian. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your little periodical there. All right. So I wrote stuff down because my brain's like Swiss cheese. So um, for the Trowel, about thirty thousand issues are printed quarterly. You will be featured in the next one. Um, every ma- right? <laughs> every Massachusetts Mason and each widow gets one, including in Panama, Chile, and Japan. Most of the Massachusetts libraries get them, including Harvard. Every Grand Lodge in America Harvard. gets copies. Prince Hall Grand Lodge gets a number of advanced copies. The United Grand Lodge of England gets copies. Recently, they reprinted an article on Hogarth. We often get reprint requests from around the country. For this issue, we sent advanced copies to five Grand Lodges in Mexico. The first executive editor went on to be the Grand Master of Maine. Me, Brian McHale. I'm the first copy editor. 
So before me, there was The spelling was atrocious. Well, so there's a story behind that. I, I told you I'm an English teacher. And whether I like it or not, when I read stuff, things jump off the page, kind of like in a beautiful mind when he sees all the... Mm -hmm. I'm gesturing for the audience at home. But so I said, you know, I really want to... I need to help. I went through, an, I went through a couple of issues and red-penned it. And it, the pages looked like they were bleeding. So I went to one of the lodges I belong to, Mount Olivet Lodge. And I spoke to one of my friends. I said, hey, I, I really want to work for Trowel. They need some help. Who should I talk to? And he goes, that guy. I go, no, no, really. Who should I talk to? He goes, no, that guy right there, Lee, is the executive editor. So I went over and spoke to Lee. And I said, hey, I want to help. He said, well, can you write? I said, well, I was a literature major. <laughs> and I'm a licensed English teacher. He's like, okay, that, that works. You're overqualified. Um, we right. can't afford you. <clears throat> and, uh, and I told him how I've taught writing, including expository creative writing. He's like, oh, can you take pictures? I said, I've got a DSLR, so sure. And then he said, well, can you proofread and edit? Absolutely. That's what I teach my kids to do. He's like, well, welcome aboard. And believe it or not, I had no idea it started so long ago. It started in the winter of 2016. So I've been doing this a lot longer than I thought. Um, and Lee Fenn is the third executive editor. And so it's, I brought copies for you guys. Cool. Um, don't give, don't give it up to us yet, because then we I won't know. pay attention. Right. Mm, that's true. <laughs> so, I learned that. I learned distracted that. by the sound of turning pages. <laughs> right. Oh, look, pictures. Um, but, and that's why, like I said earlier, I really felt strongly enough about just the one, based on just the one episode I listened to, two episodes ago, to write about this podcast, because it'll make every Mason's life just, just, my fingers are really close together, just this much better. It'll give them a, a break from everything else that's going on, and they can listen to like-minded individuals and get some good ideas. I mean, two, two episodes ago, you talked about if there's an event, go to it. The lodges that are doing better are the lodges you see at the event. Again, I paid attention. And it just it makes perfect sense. And what I like also is that it's a really positive room. Clearly, you guys enjoy each other's company. You haven't listened to what we're wow. you, haven't, you haven't listened to enough episodes. Usually, it's just us bitching about something. Turn off the I, gas. I, I don't no, even remember no, us no. talking about that. I meant, I didn't say the message was always oh, okay. I said you enjoy each other's company. Yes, we do. And that's, do. and that's really, really important. It makes for a pleasurable way to spend some time listening about things Masonic. So, uh, the, the most recent, the summer episode you just did. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to while I was doing some work in the kitchen on my computer. Not our best work. My... Not our best work. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was funny. Okay. I, I missed a couple in the middle there. Yeah. But it was. But it was. But it was great. You know. And I, I like. I listened to it on. Hang on. I think it's SoundCloud. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. We're still hosting on SoundCloud. Yep. Yeah, that's where we upload where we it. But then you can listen to it. There, yeah. I think so. Anywhere. It gets. It, yeah, it gets pushed out to all the aggregators. Yes. Aggregators, yes. Yeah. yeah, SoundCloud, Amazon. and it's just great. I love that it's on. To, you know, what's cool too, since the technology's come so far, it's when you want it to be there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be plopped in from the TV at a certain time. It's it's a, literally available anywhere, and that's why I think it's really cool. And I think a lot of Masons in Massachusetts would really dig it. Hence the oh, article suggestion. Cool. Also, too, we are one of the top three comedy shows in Romania. We're number one. Number one now. We're number oh. one. 
Romania. I, I don't pray, know how. Pray, pray for the folks of Romania. They definitely need some laughter in their lives. Yeah, I don't know how Romania aggregates their podcast stats. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this We're person, doing really good. the person who writes the subtitles. Yeah. So um, I wonder what we're really saying. So now that you're you're in Pennsylvania, you've gone from the second oldest Grand Lodge in America to the first. So <laughs> does wow. that make you does wow. that make you feel He's better? He's changing color. That He's literally changing no, color. <laughs> I had no idea what you just told me. I do know that Ben Franklin said he wouldn't be caught dead in Boston. Um, but no, it's great. Like I said, everybody I've met here, present company included, is just. Terrific, super supportive, super responsive, and and nothing but great things. You know, everybody is having a good time. the 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 fact that you guys have four hundred members, that's incredible. No, that's the lodge. I mean that. Yeah, here. right. But yeah, but yeah. that's amazing. Your lodge has four hundred members. Mm -hmm. That's outstanding. Um, These are like Chicago numbers. That's really like two hundred. We just let the other two hundred vote. <laughs> <laughs> we call them donors. Yeah. <laughs> And what's really so the the house we bought in Scranton, I can almost see the temple from the third floor. It's a mile and a half door to door. So going to lodge now is just going to be easy peasy. So can I, can I ask a question? Of course, yeah. please. Why Scranton? What made you choose Scranton? I'm just I needed, the electric need, city. Needed good pizza. Can't find any good pizza in Boston. Oh, I'm from pizza, I'm yeah. from Brooklyn, and I grew up on Long Island, so I'm spoiled for pizza and bagels. Mm -hmm. okay. Scranton has them. To to oh my gosh, yeah. I think seventy, eighty, or hundred pizza places. Yeah, and the pizza's phenomenal. And that was the number. No, absolutely not. R real estate's affordable. <laughs> so your cost of living has dropped by eighty-two percent. As soon as you cross the river. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's dropped. Price by of gas goes up, but living goes down. Yeah. Oh come on, a Sam's Club. Three ninety six today, five percent back if you have a Sam's Club card. Right. Midterm election. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's terrific. The cost of living is is minuscule compared to Boston, and people are nicer. People are just they're friendly. People stop at stop signs mostly. Nobody honks their horn. Nobody's in a hurry. The problem here in Lancaster, if four people go to a four way stop at the same time. It, it could last for days of people yeah. waving, waving the other ones other. on. <laughs> you can't see us all waving. And then usually, like, the person who gets their fourth is the, me. You, you know, grew up a little closer to Philadelphia, and I'm, like, yeah. fuming, like, dropping F-bombs. All right, enough of that. Yeah. Right, I'm out of here. <laughs> they had a meme where there was a four-way stop, and there was a skeleton in one of the cars. <laughs> Plus, I can, I can ride my motorcycle a lot more because oh. if, I, if I tried to ride to work in Boston, I'd be a hood ornament. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, it's, you know, everybody really loves their motorcycles and their sheds. The shed is nicer than my apartment in Watertown. <laughs> it's gorgeous. I really, I don't, I want to get everything out of it because we're going to turn it into a cabana for an as yet not installed pool. Oh, nice. it's, it's it has a loft. It has storm windows and vented soffits. It's fantastic. It is quite a shed. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> a pool with a loft. I'm curious. Yeah. So do you have a question for us from why? your list of questions? Well, why, when and why? Why the podcast? When did, it, when, did, when, was the, when did it start? We'll let Larry answer. Oh, God. What, seven years ago, right? April 4th, 2016. That's when it started. Okay. 
Oh, it's on the wall. Oh, yeah. April 4th. Well, welcome 16. back, Larry. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we uh, Pete and I went to a uh, Academy. Academy of Masonic Knowledge in Elizabethtown, and they had the guys from Masonic Roundtable up there. Pete. Great, great podcast. It really is. But it's right, great. and they do. They they put on a demonstration explaining to us what they do, and it's really smart guys. But they were doing it remotely from different locations. So I think it was like four or five guys via Zoom, mm. and their content was usually a little over our head. Um, they have a bigger audience than us. They're they're awesome. But Larry and I were just like, why don't we? We could do this. But we should do it more casual, like we're sitting at a bar, and we should do it sitting next to each other. And then when we have guests, we should have them in studio. Because here in central Pennsylvania, we're really lucky between Elizabethtown and Philadelphia. We have so many heavy hitters in Freemasonry that are great guests that we personally know. So, you know, the first year, we just pulled from our friends. And I thought we had some great shows. And really did. Until you got me in. And Jack showed up and never went And never away. left. Just ruined the whole thing. <laughs> then I showed up and never went away. Yeah, it was probably, uh, we were actually in a professional recording studio for the first, what, uh, eight, nine, ten shows. Yeah, I was doing a uh, comedy podcast that we had writers, and we were pretty professional, but we were trapped by being regional. And I guess there's just not enough people in Lancaster County where the Amish live <laughs> <laughs> that are going to listen to the that podcast. That are going to listen to a podcast. So we said, we should, we should do this. And the guy that ran the podcast studio goes, I'll come on in after your show and just do it. And in a couple of weeks, he goes, you have more listeners on your show than any of my other podcasts. Because we found this little niche audience. Because there's Masons all over the, all over the world. Mm-hmm. And... And we got more of them here than anywhere. And most of them, even in the foreign countries, speak English. So um, we're bombarded with Masonic material. But if you're at a small lodge, I don't know, Montana, <laughs> you might have to drive three hours to go to Scottish Rite. You might have to drive a couple hours if you want to be a York Rite Mason. We have it all in the same building. but In three you, hours, I could be in four different valleys. In right. three hours, I could be... Anywhere from New York to D.C. to yeah. the yeah. beach. But um, but not everybody has that. The, yeah, so they yeah. really started listening to us because they weren't getting out of their local lodge what they wanted. Yeah, th- this is, like you said, this is the social time. This is the after the lodge meeting, sitting around the table. And um, there's, not a, a, there's not enough lodges that are doing that. They're just And guys seem to have found us as being that group. And we said once, we did a show called The Five Aspects of Freemasonry where we came up, we just made crap up. But like, why did you join? And is it historical? Is it the ritual? Is it the fellowship? Mm-hmm. Or are other two? Esoteric things. Esoteric and philanthropic. Philanthropic. And if you join the Masons expecting one of these things and your local group of Masons are not scratching that itch, you start to lose interest in Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're helping some of those guys. We're, sc- we're scratching some of those guys where they're itching. Right. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And, and, then co- and then COVID hits. And, you know, Freemasonry as we know it shut down, you know. But we kept going. 
we were like like hair on a biscuit. We were right on time. Well, we were right on time, right on the same. You know, we like never missed hair a, on a biscuit. never missed a. I a never beat. Th- I never thought about it that way because you would be that one constant, right? That they could depend on. Well, and you know, it was, talk about the perfect storm. You know, our good friend Seth, that's been on here a few times. You know pitches an idea one day on the show, I think it was when he first pitched it, about creating a fake degree. And so Jack gets with Seth, and Jack pretty much writes this thing uh, called the, uh, digital, the Digital Order of the Night's Quarantine. And we decided that we would raise a little bit of money on this. And it was in April, right after the pandemic hits. 2020. Yeah. We order pins, and we're going to sell them. And we think, you know, and if you pay, you get you get the a link that you can listen to us perform it live. Yeah, on Zoom. While while you're watching, basically like a, 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 a PowerPoint, a PowerPoint presentation of my cartoons. Right. So we're hoping we might get twenty five, thirty people sign up. We had over three hundred. That's awesome. And That's awesome. Li- and literally from all over the world. Yeah. And then they all hang, hung out at happy hour virtual with us afterwards and drank with us. Yeah. My Lodge instituted this uh, uh, toast to absent brethren on Zoom. Literally, we did it every night for the first three months of the pandemic. And since then, have done it once a month. So we did the night's quarantine, and then we did happy hour with My Lodge afterwards. That's fantastic. It was insane. That's so cool. So I, I think probably, this is horrible to say, but um, COVID was probably one of the best things that's happened to Freemasonry since Dan Brown. I mean, it, it just, it congealed everything and it, and it gave uh, the fraternity an opportunity to just kind of shed some of that old crustiness and give the young, the new young And allow us to do things like lodges started having virtual meetings, Um, virtual guests. The the volume of education that's available online now. I'm just really glad that the technology existed because I was teaching and we went remote. Mm-hmm. And th- if this had been just 10 years ago, what would have happened? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing right. would have happened. And, of course, me, talk about being the wrong – so joining the Navy, being named McHale, not a good idea. Not, not the best decision. But, but <clears throat> being a teacher, everybody going remote, being the technology teacher in a school with 650 kids and 173 staff, and everybody asked – I was responsible for those people. Oh my goodness! Not not the best timing. Um, a lot of Chromebooks, but it was just at least the technology was there, mm-hmm. or else we would have just been you know sitting at home in the dark. But I do think we've come out of it probably sounder, uh, smaller, for sure. But I think we're on a really good trajectory. And I right think now. we really dragged a lot of. You know, I was told a long time ago, um, being illiterate in our current day and age is not being able to read or write. It's not being able to keep up with technology. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was a generation that was really scared to embrace Zoom or some of these newer technologies. But guess what? When they had to talk to their grandkids yeah. and when they had a like good like they They did it. They did it. And you know, it's I always think it's great when people who are in their head are done learning try to learn again. Mm-hmm. That's why I mean like it's uh, you know, relearning my job at 53 is harder than it was at 28. But um, I believe it. But it, it's well, but also even more rewarding. Even if their VCR is still blinking, the time <laughs> the, the is still wrong blinking. Time on it, they right. can they can zoom their kid, their grandkids <laughs> in Florida, which is right. just or from Florida. Right. 
But no, it's just, I, I, was, I was grateful the technology existed. Yeah. So um, what, are, uh, what was one of your favorite articles that you wrote? That I wrote? I wrote, a, I wrote, I write occasionally um, because it just, the, one of the reasons I became the copy editor was to keep my teeth sharp in that when I stopped teaching English actively, there was no outlet. So I needed that. I needed this to, to I, I say, to keep my teeth sharp, to keep me aware and to keep me critical. But sorry for leaning away from the mic. Um, I wrote an article about fortitude. And what I did is I focused on people who had done great things. Um, the guy, oh, the what's the movie where he saved 73 people by himself. Um, I can't remember, but I wrote about one of the police officers in Washington, D.C. I wrote about my students, my students in Boston. Some of these kids would just break your heart with how strong they are mm. at 12 and 13 years old going to a food bank to get food for their family so their family can eat with a younger sibling in tow. That's, that's a tough kid. And that's, it was humbling to work with students like that, students who had to commute longer than I did who had to take two trains or a train and a bus to get from East Boston down into Roxbury. They're 12 years old, 13 years old, and they're navigating the, the miasma of, of Boston mass transit alone in rush hour. Um, I wrote another one about green masonry, talking about technology. The, the guy who's the, um, what's his title? He has a title. Kevin, who works for the magazine, created a brilliant square, and I'm, sim I'm making hand <laughs> symbols here. A square encompasses... Was that Crips or Bloods that you just showed me? <laughs> I'm, I'm not representing. I'm, not, I'm wearing neither... Well, you're wearing blue. So, um, but he created a square encompasses with the recycling symbol in the center of it. And I thought that he found this. Nope, he created it. And it was so cool. I wanted to get that made into a pin. But I wrote an article about, to your point about technology, get rid of paper. We don't need paper. Paper is old. Paul Revere wouldn't be using paper. Ben Franklin wouldn't be using paper. They'd, you know, they'd have everything up in the cloud somewhere. Um, but an article like that, I, that was one of my favorites, Fortitude. Oh, I wrote about a book. Um, hold on. I have the title. I wrote it down. There's a book that the Scottish Rite published called something. No, it, no, it has a title. Here it is. Freemasonry. By questions and answers. Um, there's Brother Kamel, I can never say his last name correctly, and he's phenomenal. Super great guy. You'd love to meet him. And he speaks French fluently because he grew up, if I hope I don't get this wrong, Kamel, in France um, for a while. How can and you his get that French. Wrong? I was going to say, that was like a <laughs> bunt. I mean, are you going to say, like, <laughs> like co Ivory Coast? Are you going to say. Uh, yeah. There's a bunt with a man Imagine on Imagine that, learning yeah. French in France. Well, no, but he wasn't born in France. Oh, okay. And, um, and he's just the super nicest guy in the world. And he reached out to Lee, the executive editor, saying he needed a proofreader for this book for the Scottish Rite. And Lee wrote really flattering things about me. And we connected. I had met Kamel previously, but we connected on this book, Freemasonry by Questions and Answers. And he translated the French and brought me on board to be the copy editor and proofreader for this book. You can go on Amazon and get this book. And if you do the look inside thing, mm -hmm. there I am on the, uh, on the title page. It mm -hmm. was really cool. And it was fun. It was such an academic exercise, something like I haven't been involved with in, in 
years since I got my degrees, and it was uh, it was terrific fun. So I did that. Um, Brothers, remember if you ever send an article to Brian, make sure when you after, when you end the sentence and you hit the period, you hit the space bar two times before no, you send the next. No, no, not anymore. No. Not anymore. No, no, no. Thank you. I will. No, always. thank you. I will always. Yeah, me too. No, no. I learned typing in high school I and I can't get it out of my head. Single space. <laughs> no, single right. space, please. No, no, no. Plus, plus, I write to MLA standards, not APA or Chicago or anything. Um, but no, when you send me the articles, I my job, one of the things, people ask me, why do you do it? Because it truly is a thankless job in that I never get thanked. But <laughs> it's... Thank you for destroying my writing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I humbly disagree. <laughs> the reason when I the reason said, when I'm I there, said yins, I meant it. <laughs> the, my job is to make you better, to make you look better. So if I can change a couple of things here and there to keep in line with standard American English and to make it more readable, <laughs> I I don't put my name on the article. Your name stays on the article. So y- you look better. You should have seen Larry's wife Carol <laughs> oh, when Larry wrote his book. Oh, oh my God! She you would carry around that big Chicago book at work with her. Oh yeah, and uh, would just tear Larry. She would run out of ink on a red pen every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's take a quick break and uh, hear from some more of our sponsors, and we'll be back with our guest, Brian McHale. You don't realize how that hit home. (laughs) As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. How did you guys pick each other? Seriously, Jack showed up to they an were, episode. They never were left. already doing the show. <clears throat> Pete and Larry were doing the show in studio, and they asked me to be on as a guest. And, and, and I came on, and it just kind of clicked. So and it worked. Jack's from a different lodge, but in, in Lancaster County, the active brothers in lodges all really kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. It's you, the you had mentioned that. So, I mean, you know, when our lodge can't find somebody to do a degree, we go down. The, people we know, people we like, and people who are good at degrees. Mm-hmm. So Jack's done degrees at our lodge before. Um, Josh is in our lodge, in, in our, the, our, through our lodge, and I think that we meet Tim. Did we meet you through Grotto? We met through Grotto, probably. And I, I'm from outside of Lancaster. Area. We're not recording this, right? I'm over near it's, the. It's recording. Okay, good. I'm over near the Harrisburg area. So again, broadens the region a little bit. Yeah. And so like same same story though. They invited me on for an episode. 
and I just kept coming. That's yeah. really that's why really did cool. We, why did we invite you on? Uh, I don't remember. I Josh and I uh, came on yeah, the same we were night, on the, the same day. Yeah. Yeah, you. But Josh was actually the only one we actually Josh was recruited. The, jo- well, no, I was recruited to be on a show. I mean, you were recruited I, to be in the show. Right. We recruited him, him to do, to a do job. this job. He was Josh yeah. the intern. Yeah. The only one. Everybody yeah. else just shows up. Right. Because Josh was under forty, and we thought he might know about computers. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we were right. I'm not under 40. So, Pete, believe it or not, I'm older than you are. I was never under oh, forty. Oh goodness. Yeah. Go figure. How old? Fifty-eight. Wow. Damn, yeah. he is old. <laughs> oh, please. Still old, brings the curve down. Old, old right, dirt, Larry? Old as dirt and twice as dumb. Um, but but the yeah. So another uh, another question I had was, so we talked, I mean, the goal of the podcast is, is just, I mean, it's everything it should be. I mean, literally, like I said, for me, it made me smile and it made me want to listen to another episode. So that was... That was why I reached out to you guys. If you listen to some of the older shows, um, there were people who dropped in bits in between segments. And there would be like uh, Michelle Snyder, the symbologist, and um, uh, I don't know who else. Jim Stevens. Jim Stevens did. And there was a couple other people. Seth Seth originated this corpora Corpora obscurum. Where he would talk about like old dead degrees and things. Um, So – We've we've kind of gotten away from that. Well, because people because aren't we sending went, stuff in. Well, right. So I mean, take take a moment. If if you're clever and you create those kinds of things, if you you know the Masonic equivalent of TikTok, um, that's what we're talking about. If you've got some of that stuff, send it in. We'll uh, you know we'll 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 have a look at it, and if if it works, we'll use it. Um, you keep checking your watch. You're going to. It's, it's an I Apple got, Watch. I got a text. That's a it's a Garmin. Oh, okay. See, yeah. see, nobody texts you, Larry, so apples, you don't see it. Apples are that shape. This is, this yeah, is round. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> um, so let me follow, follow up on that. Jack, what do you like best about doing the show? Um, the hangout. Same here. I enjoy 100%. getting together with you guys, yeah. having a dinner, and then... Yeah, the only thing missing is Pink Floyd and, you know, maybe a backgammon table. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's a throwback. It's what I remember, but I really... You know. Yeah, I don't really hang other than this and maybe at a bar after a lodge meeting. I don't hang out with my buddies a lot anymore yeah. as a married guy. Yeah. Tim? Wait. No, I, I would say the same thing. I mean, I consider you guys among my really good friends. Um, and that's developed over time. Um, I think the things that we are all involved with that we're not all involved with, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, is amazing. Um, you know, Pete's been the head of every group in the world. Uh, Larry's finally uh, the head of a group, right? What? What? Oh, he doesn't know that, does he? Go back to sleep. Go back to Josh was the head of a group and killed it? Yeah, Josh was the head of a group and killed it. And then started a new one. I consider it a success because that was my goal. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So I'm a little curious, why doesn't Josh have any facial hair? I'm looking around the room, seeing a lot of, lot of, lot of chin stuff going on. Well, he makes up for it up top. So. I, t- I took a shower today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't explore that too so far. Josh, so, Josh, you're the, you're, uh, I guess the term would be uh, hermit or introvert. Hmm. So, why? What do you enjoy coming out here, or is this like, or do you do you dread it and you just do lots of drugs and then come out? No, I, I like coming out. I like hanging out. 
Okay. I like how I'm hanging out with you guys. For what it's worth, my opinion of the production is it's fantastic. Absolutely. It, it's just top shelf, and it's 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 see, to listen to it, it works. The the way everything, Josh, the way you put everything together, it's flawless. It's outstanding, and I just really appreciate it because when I'm walking or you know doing my morning walk, it's just. It's so the volume's not flows. going to eleven on a commercial and then back <laughs> no, down. But, to but even little things like that, yeah, you know, it's it's just the production quality is fantastic, and I only hope that after I write the article that you know doesn't all I, go to hell. No, <laughs> I hope you get five thousand, ten thousand more listeners because they should, if for no other reason than the the morbid curiosity to hear me speak. So who knows? I mean, maybe that's enough of a of a poll. But like I said, I found out about it from a guy from Boston. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. My tip for anybody that's getting into podcasting, do not cheap out on microphones. Right, yeah. Um, that was one of the biggest things. When we heard some of the other shows doing shows over – and our shows we do over Zoom sometimes are a little less clear. But, um, you know, like the Google Hangout shows, mm-hmm. like – the, the the sound quality, not what people are saying, but this having a sure microphone. These are the same microphones when you look at professionals on TV. This is what they're using, and it was just a really good investment. That just I don't know. It makes us sound a hairless, a hair professional. <laughs> a hairless professional makes us sound that way. Hairless wow. professional. That's like hair on a muffin. Oh boy! Um, uh, edit. Yeah, that one's edit. gonna stick. So, how's the how's Grand Lodge of PA reacted? It depends. So initially, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, initially, we it was kind of our thing to like just stay under the radar, just like yeah, we don't. I'd rather ask for forgiveness big. and permission. Well, we but then every now and then we get popular, and then you know, and then the <laughs> grandmaster comes call. on the show, and then we got a grandmaster on. So <laughs> well, well, let's not forget. Let's not forget when one of us, Jack, Jack um, <laughs> mentioned the password of the second degree. Um, in something, but not in context. Yeah. I think in a biblical context. Right. Yeah. Not, well, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it actually. <laughs> no, you know what it was? It, it, there was. We were talking about the West Wing or something, and you made some comment. Yeah. They used, they, they used the word in dialogue. Right. And then I went to where my son found it when he was at Penn State. Right. It popped up on his computer screen, and it was like, what? <laughs> so it just, it was a recurring word, but it wasn't. Yeah, the conversation didn't say what it what the yeah, word was. We don't have that word copyrighted, right? No. And we did not use it in the context of a degree, but it still ruffled somebody's panties. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that that's the, as close to was, trouble as we've ever gotten into. In, they, in all the years, they just asked us to please take that. But down. we have had two grandmasters on the show. Uh, past that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing about Trowel that I didn't know, I wrote this down too, is. And this is from Lee. People often think Trowel is an arm of Grand Lodge. We are not. Recently, Grand Lodge was upbraided by a brother for an article in Trowel. Of course, they had nothing to do with the article. It was Lee. But that is the confusion. We support Freemasonry and serve at the pleasure of the Grand Master, but the decisions are ours. Lee gets yelled at every issue. Cool. Shockingly, so is the Trowel a Lee, what the hell are you production thinking? or a publication of the Grand Lodge? He just said that. He just said no. No, I'm just... It's it's not sanctioned. Sanctioned, okay. Clandestine. Okay. So I'm still a little unclear on its origins. Okay. But yeah. 
So like here the, in Pennsylvania, we have the so Pennsylvania like, Freemason. Well, that is in that's fact, a production of. Oh, production no, I, I, I read the, the masthead. I was yeah. I was very. I don't know how if, I, it'll be interesting to pour over a few um, issues, and then see if they uh, would benefit from my involvement. There's there are years when it's just an assemblage of pictures of the Grand Master in various states of being somewhere, um, and then there's other years like now. Um, I, I don't see the Grand Master, but every once in a while in the Freemason, and that you know he's trying to highlight the people, one the of members. The, not, one of the things not, I like about the magazine is that. For every event I read about, which is awesome. I mean, people love seeing pictures and stuff. I love reading about the charities. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really one of the things I feel most strongly about. And there's some phenomenal work going on in Massachusetts mm-hmm. that people are being fed because of Masons. People are getting uh, durable medical equipment because of Masons. And, you know, one of the groups I was involved with, we brought f- uh, Thanksgiving dinner to, to a homeless shelter. And it's just you can't help but feel better about yourself by doing for others. I wrote an article, one of the articles I wrote was, it's not about me. Because not. The, the work I do for the magazine, it's not about me. Right. There's no ego because it's not my words, but I'm making the words of others. If I can make them better, awesome. And it just, it really, it, it's a selfless gesture on my part, but one that I feel is really necessary. Because I want to make the magazine a better experience for everyone who picks it up. And I was, I was shocked when I heard how many issues went out. I, I had no idea. I don't know if I expected 500 but I, or maybe 5,000, not 30,000, and certainly not distributed as far and, as, and wide as they go. Yeah, that description was yeah, that pretty was much everywhere. Yeah. Right. I was really surprised. And it's really cool. It's something I'm super proud of. I even had my own business cards made up. Um, and it's just a, it's a nice thing. And in this or in this issue here, there's a a, um, a 12-year-old. His name's Nick. Nicky appreciated at Delta Lodge. He started making paracord bracelets to support with a scholarship fund. And he's 12 years old, and he's he donated over $400 himself to a scholarship fund. I mean, how does that not just make you want to do better, or certainly raise your spirits? Because yeah. this kid saw a need and just pulled it out of nowhere to do something about it. It's just a really cool thing. So, Other than your own magazine, what's your favorite Masonic magazine? There are other magazines? <laughs> what other magazines? My, mine is the uh, Southern California Lodge of Research. I just think they're, it's... Journal of the Masonic Journal Society. Of the Masonic Society's good. It's yeah. a big one. I haven't read them. I, I mean, I saw. I have a few copies of Square. I'm semi-illiterate, so I can't say whether it's the cut, the edit. It's edited well. Yeah, but that means you're semi-illiterate. <coughs> the, so that's a positive. The Journal of the of the Masonic Society has done very well. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, and the Southern California Research Lodge, um, their their doings, their recordings are phenomenal. Just neat depth beyond. But see, this is the kind of thing I was asking for from friends of mine at the beginning of the summer. Just other avenues for input or things to read, things to listen to, mm-hmm. to, to just open open my eyes and broaden my spectrum. I joined that quarter... Coronado. That. Yeah. I joined that. Um, and there's some other... Somebody else recommended the other College Illum- of... Illuminati? No, no, no. Sounds like that, but... College it's with of, co- college uh, of college, Grand College of Rights. That's the one. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because I, the history is amazing. 
And and one thing I would explain to people when we'd go on tours of the Grand Lodge or just out with my students, and I would show them things. Like Paul, Paul Revere did that. And that's one thing that's really cool about lodges in Massachusetts. They're mm-hmm. Paul Revere lodges. When they do the inspections for the, for the court um, – for the district deputy grandmaster's visit, they pull out the actual parchment that Paul Revere touched and signed. I mean, that's just amazing. And, you know, they've got the gloves on and you're being super gentle with it and then rolling back up the parchment and putting it back in the tube. Oof. Right? <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. And, and that's was, that was one thing that was really cool about Boston Freemasonry was Paul Revere was there and, you know, Ben Franklin was there. And it was just really, really... Uh, it was really cool. It was really neat. And and working for the magazine for so long, I've I've learned more about masonry, about past grandmasters, about things like that. And what, that's one of the reasons I became a, a tour guide. It taught me about the building, the floor in the Grand Lodge in Massachusetts, in Boston. It looks like a mosaic. And you're like, meh, okay, no, no, two two inch, two and a half inch marble spikes that the company who that, that was hired to build the building. <laughs> And they're only this big, what's that, an inch, not even an inch by an inch. And there's thousands of them. But it's one of the reasons the floor hasn't changed. It's, you know, warps here and there, but it's two-inch marble spikes. It, it's just amazing. And the rooms are really cool. Um, Knights Templar is in there and Scottish Rite's in there. And it's just, it's a great building. Super fun. Um, parking is terrible. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll testify to that. But Mass Transit's good, so... And it's a re- and Boston that part of Boston especially is really a good walking area. Yeah, and North Side True. Yeah. yeah, unless you trip on the stairs, the old North Church. Like it's, I did. It's right there. But I'm still thinking about the fact that when he writes this article, that a copy of this magazine will be in the Harvard Library. There you go, Larry. So we can say that we we're the Harvard Library. Check wow. the box. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> Seven <laughs> planets. And the three Harvard galaxies and, and, and the, the Harvard, Harvard Library. Library. Wow. wow. Oh my God. Again, the, uh, that's how strongly I feel about what you guys are doing because it's, 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 it's worthwhile. It's, an, it's a time investment that nobody who listens will, will regret. And they won't think they wasted their time listening to the podcast. I don't know how to accept wow. flattery, but I like really? it. Take the compliment. All right, let's take another quick break, and we'll be right back. I gotta go. (laughs) Hello, this is Austin Schifrin, and welcome to Bone and Marrow, a short segment of Masonic Learning. Today's segment is entitled, Man Up. When I was a child, I was fond of drawing. I remember all of my illustrations of men were always depicted in suits and ties, with pointy dress shoes and briefcases. In hindsight, it's not hard to identify the influences that resulted in this image for me. My father was an attorney. My stepfather owned a construction company. Both of them were similarly attired whenever they left for work. All of this might say something to the listener about my urban and urbane upbringing. A little boy who grows up in a different background or a different walk of life might always draw little men in jeans and boots, carrying lunch in a cooler and a box of tools. All of this is my way of saying that even from a young age, we can have different concepts in mind of what makes a man a man. We can come to these different conclusions as a result of varying influences coming from our culture of origin or the culture that we land within, the influences of our peers and of the media. What are the concepts that many of us share today? We picture men as providers, 
as being strong and reserved when it comes to their feelings, keeping their suffering, if there should be any, quiet and to themselves, and as being leaders. These concepts, which had their origins in historical truths, wind their way into literature and even into our grasp of the broader universe. If your tastes run in an esoteric direction, this plays into Kabbalah and the cosmic masculine and feminine. In a more pedestrian sense, we're talking men are from Mars, women are from Venus type stuff. As humankind progresses and society evolves, we may find that roles that were historically allocated to one gender or the other are not exclusively the province of that gender. Whatever your personal feelings on these points, we find it is no longer unheard of for the woman in a relationship to be the breadwinner. It's not always in the best interest of our own mental and emotional health to keep our suffering to ourselves. And that in our communities, we benefit from the diversity of perspectives that comes from having women in leadership positions. So now, what is left the exclusive province of men and manhood? I don't claim to have all the answers, but I can think of at least one. I think our fraternal organization should be a forum in which we discuss intelligently how our role evolves and changes, and how to navigate this change with dignity and respect for mankind and womankind alike. I hope you enjoyed this segment of Masonic Learning, and if you're interested in more such as this, please look out for my book, More Light, Collected Masonic Writings, 2017 to 2021, now available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and as an Apple ebook. Thanks, and take care. In Masonic News Today, in a sad example of the boredom, anger, and misinformation, an obvious lack of adult supervision, an undisclosed arsonist felt it would be cool to firebomb an empty Masonic building. The alleged perpetrator approached the Valley of Reading Scottish Rite Cathedral under the cover of darkness and hurled a small incendiary device through a broken window. A person of interest is being questioned while we question whether that person is very interested. Meanwhile, hundreds of Knights Templar refugees and Illuminati hermits have been displaced and the Holy Grail is temporarily unavailable for spells and curses. That's the Masonic News. So mote it works. <laughs> we do have the prop Ten Commandments signed by... Um, Moses? Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do, actually. Charlton Heston got his uh, 32nd degree at the Valley of Reading, and while he was there... Are you... That's he, he signed oh, awesome. oh my god. He signed the prop on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he bumped that one out. Yeah. Yeah. He's up. 15. By, by the way, who's 10, 10 Dude, I was totally joking. I had no idea. I really me either. Who was fi- <laughs> who was firebombing the Elks? What why? Why? They got they got why not they us? got 86 for drinking too much. What? Come on, people. <laughs> Alrighty. Um <laughs> Tim, what do you have going on? Anything you got going on? Yeah, a few little things coming up in the next uh, week or so. I um, won't mention the ones that happened before this show drops. But um, <laughs> next week, we uh, get back to rehearsals, getting ready for our September meeting um, at Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302. Um, does Uber meet this month? Not in August. No. Okay. So I don't have that meeting. Um, 
I'm going to be attending a meeting of the past masters for Zimbo Shrine coming up in the next week or so. Uh, Capillary Scottish Rite Club. And I think that's probably it up before our stated <laughs> meeting, which is Tuesday, September the 6th. Uh, because on our regular stated meeting in September, it's Labor Day. So we actually get to meet on a Tuesday. <laughs> Do you all meet on Tuesday that night also? Uh, the first Tuesday. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. double up that night. All right, that's about it. Wait, or Jack, how about you? Um, a lot of stuff that's kind of stretched out. Um, I forgot to mention um, Cincinnati's council met before the previous um, recording. Anyway, um, I've been asked to do the third degree charge. My favorite bit of ritual is the third degree charge. I love it. Um, for our, we're actually doing the degree in a lodge meeting. So we're going to open the meeting, do the, you know, pay the bills, close the meeting, and then confer a third degree. And that's something that isn't done in Pennsylvania. Um, it, it's, it's very rare to do a, a degree on a stated meeting night. It's really? usually an extra yeah. meeting. No uh, kidding. Later, it's actually prohibition later in the month. against it. Yeah. Without it used to be really common when I was master. Right. But then there were lodges that were only doing them during stated meetings. Right. So some grandmaster says, no. So what, So you have to have two meetings in a month if you want to do a degree? Uh, yeah. Or four. Yeah. 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 If you have like three petitions, usually we'll do a maximum of three degrees. Maximum of three degrees in a night. Yeah, but if they're much. third degrees, sometimes we just do two and mm -hmm. one. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's different. Mm -hmm. You'll find a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um, if you're going to be secretary of a lodge. <laughs> I've been asked to talk to Teutonia Lodge um, up in Reading, or uh -huh. Wyoming, or wherever they are. Um, they're in Reading, right? They meet at the Masonic Center in Reading. Um, and then I've also been asked to present my St. John talk to the um, Pennsylvania Lodge of Research. Um, so... We've got some cool things coming on. Um, operatives continue. That's a cool thing. Um, just doing that Mason thing. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to be in any offices. Um, but I'll get initiated into um, a shrine in October. Cool. So if you happen to come out, you can watch me sitting there passively watching it happen on a screen <laughs> on a screener stage. But, uh, yeah, so that's me. Before we go on, uh, one thing I failed to mention is that on September the 10th, Ubar Grotto is going to be sponsoring a cigar train down in Shrewsbury. And uh, mm. you can check out the uh, details for that on their Facebook page. Are we allowed to shoot off the train? Shoot? Uh, I don't think we can do shots. We can't No, fire, uh, firearms. No. <laughs> Are like you insane? Like I thought this was America. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, we're going to have some fake we're, buffalo we're not standing going to, off. We're not going to recreate the wild, gonna, wild west. We're going to shoot these fake buffalo. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Brian, what have you got coming up? Anything? Um, Saturday, this Saturday, <clears throat> is the Valley of Scranton picnic. Awesome. At How Cola Campground. I have no idea where that is. Okay. Well, that's great, though, that you're getting oh, right, sure. right involved. That's great. Absolutely. Gotcha. Like I said, everybody I've met is, is so gracious and accepting and enthusiastic, and it just 
it makes you wanna. Yep. Everybody makes eye contact. That's it. It's a thing. Larry, are you uh, planning on doing anything? Are you going to the picnic? Uh, well, yeah, Goose and Gridiron this coming Thursday, tomorrow, actually. And we have a, a special world-renowned guest, probably, from what I understand. World-renowned? Yeah, world-renowned. And if you've got Pennsylvania Grand Lodge magazine in the mail in the past couple of weeks, he's a feature article. So anyway. By the time this episode uh, comes out, you will uh, have missed it. Pete and he has been the head of every organization worldwide that you have never heard of. Yes, exactly. Yes. And also, Pete and I will be doing some Tall Cedars things, I think, sometime this week. Uh, also, the, I almost said Lamberton, Millersville Lodge 476 picnic is, uh, is scheduled for Sunday. I will attend. I probably won't be able to eat anything, which will really upset me, but... Uh, that that takes place. I think that's pretty much it. And lodge meeting. Yeah, I can tell you that um, there is a <clears throat> a concert. Sorry about my cough. A concert venue that rents our parking lot at Millersville Lodge. So the same day as the picnic, one of my friends is a huge Joe Strummer and Clash fan. So he is hosting Strummer Jam that day. So in between, where's that? That's going to be this coming, if you come back down, this coming Sunday. I'll, oh. I'll, 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 not this, I'll send you, I'll send you it's an email. Sunday. I'll send you an email about both things. But um, it's going to be local bands and musicians doing, covering Clash and Joe Strummer songs. Um, and they have alcohol. And they rent our parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if Miller's Lodge doesn't want us to drink. I can stand in the parking lot that the, they rent, the neighbor rents. And just sit there and drink and look at the teetotalers. The reason I ask is because I've seen, I saw the Clash twice, and I saw Joe Strummer <coughs> once with the Mescal Arrows, oh, and a new, a new Joe Strummer box set just came out. And now I'm a oh. fan. Wow! And it's just uh, so there's a second box set, and the Joe Strummer Foundation actually had uh, soccer jerseys that looked really cool with hit the logo, but they they sold out in an instant. Yeah, and that's where all all, all the proceeds from this event go to the Joe Strummer Foundation. Ah. Down here, Josh. Are you going to the picnic? Maybe you can go over to the bar with me. Yeah, I might show up for a little while. I'm not gonna stay okay. very long. I'm and just gonna come to watch Larry play in the bouncy house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, brother Brian, thank you so much for coming down. Um, sorry about all the traffic in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. We, us locals, know that that town is too cool, so we try to avoid it. I didn't know. Especially between 4 and 7 p.m. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, last, weekend, last weekend, the Main Street was shut down for a huge art show. <coughs> this week, for a car show. Yeah. It's crazy. Lions Club. On a uh, Wednesday. On a, who does a car show on a Wednesday? <laughs> Apparently, Lidditz. Apparently. <laughs> so I'm just hoping there's a parking spot when I get back. Or else yeah. I'm going to have to have somebody uh, towed. Well, 9.30. Well, no, they have parking for the hotel. Yeah. But you need a pass. So if somebody's, if all the spots are full... Then they're going to have to tow somebody. All right, Josh, cue those chickens. And Larry, take us home. <coughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. Special thanks to Everett Lodge 665 for continuing to make this studio available. Also, uh, special thanks to. Uh, God, who do I have to thank? Oh, Josh, Josh, Josh Lamberton, Killer. our producer and director, Killer. who continues to make the show very listenable. To Jack Harley, our uh, news director, and Tim Dedman, our 
marketing director, and to our special contributors, Michelle Snyder, Doug Maddenford, and some of his historic contributors, Seth Anthony, Jim Stevens, who did I forget? Austin anybody? Schiffrin. Austin Schiffrin. I keep forgetting you. I don't know, but all you people send us some stuff, will you? Uh, we, do we have his name up there anywhere? We've got, we've got two Austins. So I, I need, I need things to, you know, prompt me. Big cue cards for Larry. Oh, and anyway, I want to uh, close out. I sent this to the guys a couple of days ago. A pessimist sees a dark tunnel. An optimist sees the light at the end of the tunnel. A realist sees the train coming. And the engineer sees three idiots arguing on the track. This is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening wherever you are. I'm the engineer. This is 143 episodes of Larry not thanking you. This is Tim. Thanks, Pete. This is Jack. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Brian. Woo! Thank you. Done. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace.